And he answered that he was blessed with a good crop. And then he stepped on the ice. The other guy turned to him and said, if I wanted the sermon, I would have gone to church. Now, I would never have thought of that word being, that he misused the word blessed. <coughs> no, I know that man fairly well. And that's how he talks. He did feel that he was blessed with a good crop. And that was his wording. But do we get hung up on churchy type words? Probably we do. <clears throat> Being thankful or grateful is not a time on a calendar, but it's an attitude. Do you have a grateful life? Are you thankful? Are you grateful for the things that you have, for the life that you have? Why don't you look at your hand? I don't care which one, either left or right. But I want you to, I actually want you to put your hand up in front of you and look at it. There, turn it around. I want you to take your thumb and move it around. Your thumb in particular is the special part. When you pick up a pen, how do you pick it up? <coughs> Two fingers, of course, right? When you picked up the communion cups this morning, How'd you pick them up? Two fingers, of course, right? No. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And your hand is just one simple little example of how wonderful things are. You can grasp things by the time you're about a month old, right up till a lot of people well into their 90s. And your hand can close on things pick up very fine things. <clears throat> Somebody as big as me can pick up a little baby and not crush them, even though I think some people are fearful that I might. I learned how to tap years ago. I don't know if many of you know what tatting is. Tatting is very fine threads, and this young girl taught me how to tap. And I have these great big thumbs and fingers, and I'm trying to work with these little needles, these little, and this real fine thread. <clears throat> and it's amazing how delicate you can be with our hands. When's the last time you were thankful for your hands? We don't give it any thought. We have a left one, we have a right one. They work, they do their thing. We need to be thankful. <laughs> There's one word that us as Canadians say a lot, and the wall doesn't help you on this one. Good. You know if I moved it or not. The wall doesn't help you. What's the one word that us Canadians say so much? A. And, and A isn't the one I'm looking for. Sorry, there we go. What do we say if somebody says, boy, you say sorry an awful lot? Sorry. We as Canadians, for some reason, use that word so, so much. On Jeopardy, about a week and a half or so ago, there was a question, or in this case an answer, that Alex had read out, about what day was set aside for writing thank you cards. And 
I said Boxing Day, collected December 26th. And the question or answer, depending on how you look at Jeopardy, that they were looking for was December 26th. I think they probably wouldn't have accepted both answers, but Colette was more right than I was. And she let me know about it too. <laughs> Do we need a day set aside for us to say thank you? Like, really? We should be so thankful on a daily basis for everything that we have. Now, I get the idea of why it was December 26th, day after Christmas, grandchildren sit down, send off thank you notes to Grandma and Grandpa, this sort of a thing. I didn't know there was such a day, but this was on, on Jeopardy. So what are you thankful for? And not just in a churchy way. Everyday life things? This morning we had three deer about uh, 50 yards from our house. And Colette even whispered, we were inside the veranda. <laughs> the windows were all closed. I said, why are you whispering? They can't hear us. And I said, my part out loud. Did the deer run away? No. But it's nice, you can look out your window and watch the deer nibbling away on the grass, and there's a few beans that were spilled from the ground, and they were just cleaning up the, the ground. It was very nice of them. But it's just things like that that you can be thankful for. Just everyday life. Your food, your clothing, your shelter. Things that are just normal things. Family, friends. When's the last time you sat down and prayed for everybody in your family? Prayed for your your friends, and thank God for them. <clears throat> your pets. Nature. We can go and bury some seeds, wait a little while, and a plant pops up, take care of it, and go pick whatever it is. If you, if you planted peas, you can pick the peas off and eat it. Nature is absolutely wonderful. We need to be thankful for it. Let's we'll see if this works now. I won't be reading all this at one time. I'm going to do it in three, three or four different sections. But the first part of it should say, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your request to God. With thanksgiving, present your requests. Does God really need us to say what we want and what we need? I like the first part, though, of the two, but all of it. With thanksgiving, we should be very, very thankful people. Make your request. God wants to hear what you feel you need. So make your request to God. Have a talk with God. <clears throat> God wants you to share with him what you feel and what you need and how thankful we are for what we have. Give us this day our daily bread. 
We've all heard the, the scripture lots of times. I want to read to you what Martin Luther had said about this particular idea of, of daily bread. What does this mean? Truly, God gives daily bread to evil people, even without our prayer. But we pray in this request that he will help us realize this and receive our daily bread with thanksgiving. What does daily bread mean? Everything that nourishes our body and meets its needs, such as food, drink, clothing, shoes, house, yard, fields, cattle, money, possessions, a devout spouse, devout children, devout employees, devout and faithful rulers, good government, good weather, peace, health, discipline, honor, good friends, faithful neighbors, and other things like these. The phrase and the like means anything he leaves out of the list, which means everything physical or material is contained in the expression bread. You are not just praying for physical bread, you are praying for all the physical and uh, material needs of life. If you have eaten in three days, the one thing you want more than anything else is daily bread. This petition is our invitation to earnestly ask God for the needs and the things we need of life. I thought that made sense. You're praying for your daily bread. You're not just asking for a piece of bread. We're asking, we're thanking God for everything that makes life the way it is. Life is absolutely wonderful, and we need to be thankful for it. What are you thankful for? The middle part of that verse is up the wall. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. Peace of mind. Do you ever get overwhelmed with the situation, with whatever in life? Have you ever felt just, oh, overwhelmed? If you're a human, you probably have. And you all look to be human. There's probably been times that you've just felt, wow, how do I get through this? Pause, sit down, have a talk with God, and it really helps. When prayer replaces worry, the peace of God which transcends all understanding, guides our minds and emotions from being overwhelmed. Sometimes we just need to talk to God. And it's amazing how quickly it changes your attitude. We need to sit down and just say to God, this is just too big, but I know you're bigger. And give it to God to take care of. And it's just amazing how quickly that peace can come over you. Finally, brothers and sisters, it's back on the wall now. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, 
If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. What's the things that you think of, or what's the things that you dwell on? That list is pretty cool when you look at it. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. How much time do you really spend on that sort of a list? You need to think of the positive things. Oh, we can choose to live in ground bank. But why would you want to? You can also choose to live in peaceful land. Why wouldn't you want to? <clears throat> Just a few points from the reading that Dwayne brought to us before the lesson. It's pointed out in the reading there that they were at the border of Samaria and Galilee. Why was that important? Well, as you go through the reading, you get down to the one that came back to say thank you. Jesus referred to him as a foreigner, a Samaritan. These people stood off at a distance. That was what they were, what they had to do. They had a sickness. In today's world, it's called Hansen disease. In their time, leprosy. Hansen disease is rarely found anymore in the world because they can not, 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 not particularly cure the results of it, but they can stop it from uh, carrying on. If there's damage that's done, it can't be undone. But they can stop with the. Now, 2,000 years has gone by since this story took place. We think we're real smart today. There's still the same disease out there, but we can keep it under control. These people had a terrible disease that would actually eat away their skin. I was reading up on a little bit. It starts, by, uh, normally starts by eating out the lining in the nose. And a lot of people that have had this Hansen disease, as we call it today, their nose would be the first thing that would be noticeable. So if you met somebody and their nose was a little bit odd, they were pretty much banished. And there was no cure at this time. They would end up losing fingers, their blood circulation would get extremely weak. A lot of them, their ankles would no longer work. It was usually the things, um, hands, feet, legs, that showed it up the most. But you could pass this disease on to others. It wasn't, uh, it isn't easily passed on. You need to spend time around the people that were saying. Now, they did say that actually in, in the States, there is still the odd case of Hansen's disease today but they can keep it under control. We think we're so smart now with our technology, we still have sicknesses. And we're obviously living through something that we can't really keep under control of, like some of you have masks on. That's why we do wear masks when we go to different times right now. 
The people called out to Jesus and asked him to have pity on them. They had obviously heard about Jesus. I don't know if they knew that Jesus could just heal them or if they thought that maybe Jesus had to go up and touch them. We aren't told. They are asking Jesus to have pity on us. Jesus sends them away and says that they will be healed. Go, go, go show yourself to the priest. They all go. While they're going, the healing takes place. Now, would you not feel grateful? You have a disease that's probably eating away a good chunk of your nose. Length of your fingers are all gnarled up, if not even partly fallen off. These thumbs we talked about earlier, they could also have been gone. I didn't thought of the thumb part, but anyhow. You know you have a disease that gets, keeps you banished from all other people, except those that have the same disease. You're, you're leaving, you're going away, and you realize, by looking at the others and yourself, you're healed. Would you not feel grateful? Nine keep on going. One comes back. Why only one? He throws himself at Jesus' feet and says, thank you. The part that really got me when I read this over four or five times was Jesus' response. What is the other ones? Where they're not ten. How is this guy supposed to know? He's the one that came back to say thank you. And Jesus says, where's the other nine? Yeah, I don't think I would have said that. I'm not my brother's keeper. How am I supposed to know that? But it was the Samaritan that came back. The one that was grateful. Your faith has made you well, Jesus said. No, they all were healed. What I read up there. So was Jesus talking about more than just your physical healing is taking place? Jesus almost always, when he, he does any healing, takes care of the physical and the spiritual. Your faith has made you well. Was he healed spiritually? So, was he grateful? No. Is grateful and thank you a churchy word? Doesn't have to be. This guy was thankful. We need to remember to tell ourselves that we aren't perfect and not to put ourselves down because of things that we do. How would you react to someone else that did or said the same thing? <clears throat> Sometimes we don't show enough love to ourselves. That's your challenge that you have today that I'm going to give you, is to love yourself. We find it much easier to understand why somebody else did something than to accept the fact that, that I did that. And then Okay, I have to get beyond that now. I can change away from it. You have the right to love yourself. You have the responsibility to love yourself. 
beat yourself up of something you did years ago. I still, and this is going to sound kind of weird to some of you, I still think of some missed calls when I was graphing in hockey. And this was kids that were 16, 17, 18 years old. I don't think any one of them would, would think of the missed calls that were made. But I still think of, oh yeah, I missed that call. Isn't that weird? Like that's just, why can't I let that go? But your challenge I'm giving you is love yourself. How would you react if somebody else did exactly the thing that you you done? And just get, get on with it. If you need to change what you're doing, change it. But don't beat yourself up for 16, 18, 20 years over it. Even a year is too long. Even a month is too long. Change away from it. And then it's done. It's over with. <clears throat> so what are you thankful for? Being a child of God's? What does it really mean? You are a child of God. You have the hope of salvation. You have a better life here now but you also have the hope of eternity with God. I have no idea what it's going to look like. No idea at all. But it's going to be good. You don't need to worry about carrying a load of sin. Be grateful. Being able to talk to God. Do we make use of that? you listen closely to this reading. This is Psalm 101 through 5. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations.